No, it is definitely not a movie's plot because that I remember that that movie I've seen enough times that I have that down to a science. It's so weirdly set out. It's so weirdly paced. And like I said before, I don't know why it's throwing me so much, but it's all seems to be taking place over the course of a single day. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. It's really weird. But you know what isn't weird? What's not weird? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixel It. My name is Kevin. You're dancing along with the theme music. There we go. You bet yeah. your ass. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're we're back. We're back. Yeah, baby. Phil and I are back, and we're talking about Mortal Kombat more because this more, book is Mortal Kombat. It's huh? more till combat. Uh, <laughs> God in heaven. <laughs> So we were just talking about how this is probably one of the weirdest books we've ever we've ever read. Um, yeah, not not the best book we've ever read so far. Not the worst. Not the worst. Absolutely the weirdest. You know why it's not the worst is because it is coherent. Yes. Uh, and it's cohesive. And it's cohesive. Right. Yes. But I will. I am going to posit that its plot is as dumb as dead spaces yes <laughs> yes it is it is more it, it's only more or equally competent to dead space based on the fact that, that i think it's shorter and more to the point it's not sure. trying to do too much yeah uh whereas dead space was trying a bunch of things that tried so hard fruit yeah yeah exactly this and, book and this is seemingly yeah. has a little bit of a self-awareness that it is an odd piece yeah, of a little bit 1995 ephemera <laughs> it really is it is a product of its time without question it's so strange and yeah yeah i mean and 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 Y'all who are listening, who listened to the first episode, we started out with the mythology, building the grand world, giving, setting down the rules of the world and what's happening here. Yeah, uh, that is that is pretty much done. And now we are in the modern era and everything is going to snowball so quickly, so fast, so fast. It is going to just be like. We have a theory that everything that takes place in the next 200 pages is basically happening in one day. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> everything that's been happening, it's so much stuff stacking on top of so much other stuff, not just in the same day, but it feels like the same handful of hours. Yeah. Like this is this is a quick, quick kind of thing. There's so much happening that I'm I'm surprised that at least one of the characters hasn't said Wait, what the fuck is going on? None of them at have said some that. Point. And there are no. some there are some points at which this question should be should be asked. So we uh, could be should be. Yeah. We start into part two with chapter 12. And our first point of view character is, you know, him, you love him. It's the red eyed mercenary Kano. Absolutely. He's got, he's got that. He's got that robot robot eye. Um, the robot eye. The dreaded black dragon gang. And he is uh, probably my favorite person in this book. Just he tends to be my favorite in whatever media they put him in. Just because he is leaning. He, this character is written so, so 
1995 bad guy. Yeah, absolutely. He uh, he encapsulates the entire era. Um, and by the way, he was I love this description of him. Uh, Kano had heard some peaches during his 35 years, <laughs> 30 of which had been devoted to crime. He's been devoted to crime since he was five years old. Five. Look, I'm not saying that a five-year-old couldn't steal a few things, couldn't get into some trouble here and there. But to hear a five-year-old say the words, my life is devoted to crime. Well, Kevin, that's one badass kid. What the fuck? I want to... I wanna... I would I would run from that five year old. I would. Yeah, I that, yeah, that five year old would never see my fat ass ever again. So period. We're basically just getting the rundown of who Kano is, what he's doing. He's out in mm-hmm. the he's somewhere in China. He's he's been hired. He's a mercenary for hire, a uh, bully for hire. Uh, and yep. he is looking He's looking for a place. He was given a map by a giant man, an eight foot tall man who looked like a iguana. He he said that description, by the way, it's a great description. Uh, and we also hear some background stories as to things he's done in the past, like he yeah. killed an actor once. And one which of I my thought favorite was going to be a Johnny Cage reference, by which, the way. yeah, it wasn't. It was the ne- <laughs> my favorite uh, part of that is the the final sentence is he drops the actor off of a cliff onto a house. The impact of him, the actor falling on the house causes the house to fall down the slope that it's built on. And Kano says that the headlines the next day read, actor brings down house, star dies, hairpiece survives. Okay, okay. I'm so glad you brought that up because I feel like... (laughs) That's in the first two pages of the new section. And I feel like that just by itself tells us more. It does more world building than all the mythology we got in the last part, because it really does. If that's literally what the the frontline news say, like the front page news says actor brings down the house and star dies, hairpiece survives. That is a running man style world you live in my friend like an insane cruel really tawdry and nasty world like just that in and of itself tells you so much about this alternate reality that they live in there's arnold is somewhere in the on running man right now in this universe different sub-zero it's a different sub-zero actually that sub-zero named himself after the famous the famous ninja but we'll get we'll get to that yeah so of course this chapter is very much just establishing Kano. He's got some buddies with him. Don't get too attached to them. They don't really matter that much. They're they're just some thugs that they're given. They're given some color, like background, like one of them's short with a graying ponytail and he doesn't have much hair. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And except there's a tall blonde woman with him. Oh, oh. A dangerous ex-ballerina. A dangerous ex-ballerina. And her name is Gilda. 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 Yeah. What a what a weird Gilda Gilda Stahl. Stahl. Gilda Stahl. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And she seems to be the only person in the gang, the Black Dragon gang there. She's new. 
She's new. And she seems to be the only one who's really giving Kano any pause. Like she has shown on more than one occasion that if she wanted to, she could kill his ass. She's got a long knife and and she could probably kick his ass. And they say uh, he'd heard a man on one of her jobs said that she had once decapitated an enemy with a single stroke of her knife and kicked his still bleeding head, quote, a remarkable 70 yards. Where's that fatality? Yeah, that's an amazing fatality. And also, why is she not a punter in the NFL? That is right. That is some leg. (laughs) 70 yards. Let me tell you, a head is a lot less aerodynamic than a football. If you can if you can kick a fucking field goal like on the second down and you're not even, you know, halfway down the the field, then, yeah, you're going to make a lot of money. Yeah, I think I think probably more money than you would as part of the Black Dragon gang. I'm just guessing here. Just assuming. But uh, one of my favorite was our yearly reference to sports, ladies and sports. They have sporting ball. Um. Yeah, so one of there's a line in here from Gilda. Her name's Gilda. Mm-hmm. It's not anything else. No, it's not just it's, Gilda Stahl. Not it's it's not Sonia or anything. St- no, why not you why, why who brought up Sonia? Anyway, there's no, a line in here that you? I was totally confused by. So Gilda has her knife on his throat and she says to Kano, "Do it on your own time when we're not working." Remember Kano, ladies don't like guys who aren't gentlemen and professionals and i read had to read that sentence five times because is she saying it's she, so she, weird ladies don't like gentlemen or professionals uh ladies don't like gentlemen who aren't professionals right <laughs> i i guess i took it to mean that they don't like men who aren't gentlemen and professionals, like that you be a gentleman, be a professional. It doesn't really matter. It is a top tier weird ass thing to say to someone you're holding a knife to. Top tier. Just. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so Kano, um, we get more backstory. Kano kind of dives into who hired him. He knows it's he knows it's Shang Tsung who hired him. Mm-hmm. He, he knows that some eight foot tall guy gave him some map who he calls a giant baby. He keeps calling referring to the eight foot tall man as a giant baby, a giant baby. <laughs> um, but he's he also references that he's been he's been so hard up for money that if he had been invited by Martians to help them conquer Venus, he'd have gone as long as they paid him cash dollars. Yes. And that kind of sums up everything about Kano is his only motivation is that yeah. he's getting paid. Is he's getting paid. And and Kevin, did you notice how much money he's getting paid? How much money is he getting paid, Phil? He well, you know, they don't go into the specifics, but basically the idea is, oh, no, they do. Sorry. Uh, the, the, the full amount is three million dollars, but no one knows it but him. And he's basically going to give everyone a couple hundred thousand here and there. And then take two million for himself, which is, you know, whatever, you know, standard that, that, bad guy stuff. Sure. Makes perfect sense. What confuses me is uh, now either Kano is a lot dumber than he seems or uh, or the rate of inflation in 1995 wasn't near what it is now. But he refers to two million dollars as something he can use to buy his own private island. 
So mm. I don't know if you could I don't yeah. know if you could get like a 3000 square foot house near San Francisco for that amount. So <laughs> I no, probably not my friend Kano. I don't know where he's buying. I don't know where he's buying that island. No, it's, no. it's not clear. Um, uh, so maybe Marlon so, Brando gave him some bad information. So there's, there's some, uh, there, they move on and Kano thinks he sees a town and that's the end of chapter 12. Uh, yeah. Chapter 13, where we come in with Shang Tsung and Goro, they're having a conversation, and yep. y- yet the tall man was Goro. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> the, tall the tall man, man who, who looked like an iguana. <laughs> who hired, who went to Kano's house and hired him and gave him a map. <laughs> right. Which, which, by, which he referred to as looking like a child drew it. And I just imagine Goro in a trench coat and like top hat trying to sneak that's, through. That's exactly how I pictured it. <laughs> because all he says is that he's tall and he looks like an iguana, which I don't know, man. I feel like there might be more to say about that. But yeah, I mean, Goro is ju- is isn't just tall. He's massive, like yeah. in all directions. <laughs> yeah, he's the size of, of your living room wall. He's enormous. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't. Okay, fine. Okay, Kano really, he really buried the lead here. He just kind of moved way too fast. Truly nonplussed. Yeah. (laughs) He is not. He's like, yeah, he's eight feet tall. I don't know. Fuck you. Um, So, yeah, Goro is he is responding to Shang Tsung and he is philosophizing because Shang Tsung is getting is getting impatient or he's. He's saying he says that these last few days before they get to their their thing is is interminable. And Goro says uh, responds like a philosopher saying, because the prize is so near, uh, it's always the way in battle in the outworld. I've never lamented the foe who escaped me by days, only the ones who eluded me by minutes in love. I always missed my females more when I was about to see them than when I left them. And, you know. Points to Goro, uh, yeah. minus some points for calling them females. Like the yeah, I try to avoid that one. If I'm being honest, <laughs> there's something that really bums me out about using. Even when you're using it correctly now, the term has kind of been roughly ruined. But yeah, it's I don't I, you don't expect that from Goro, do you? You do not. Um, the yeah. other thing that is. Um, the other thing that's hilarious about this chapter, and it wasn't hilarious until I actually looked back at it, was the fact that Kano was the they he hired Kano because the one that they wanted wasn't available. And the person they wanted was Sub-Zero. Right, right. It's- so I'm just putting that out there. Sub-Zero is <laughs> not available. Sub-Zero Can't, is not available. Nobody no. can nobody can find Sub-Zero. Goro no. cannot find Sub-Zero. No one can find Sub-Zero. So he had to hire Kano. Yeah. This Moving is, on. This, is, um, this will in no way, this will in no way, uh, you know, come up later down the line. <laughs> this will in no way be made, become uh, absolutely absurd and ridiculous. Right. <laughs> in a few chapters. Right. There's another there was another moment in this chapter that cracked me up. And it's just this little aside while they're having this drunk back porch talk 
uh, about philosophy and and war and what have you. Uh, Goro, by the way, is, is he's eating. They're e- they're eating, and Goro is just consuming reptiles. There are he's got cages full of snakes and lizards, and he's just eating them one by one. And then in in the middle of discussing something, he just kind of stops and says, "These imported snakes are good." <laughs> and I I gotta tell you, I I. I think that was when I went, who the fuck is this book for? It's it's such an innocuous thing, but it really jarred me. It was funny. It's a funny, random ass comment, but it really made me go, that was just for the author, wasn't it? Like he just wrote, that was just for him. Just stand it. Just the the imported beer is it's is it's right. actually the, what he's commenting on. That's exactly it. You expect him to be like looking at the can and going, "These Belgians really know how to make this." Is, shit. Gora looks down at the can of Heineken. Right. right. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's worth the extra three bucks. Not bad. <laughs> it's such a random moment. Uh, we also do find out that now. Instead of Mortal Kombat being held every year, like it was in the first part, is now being held every generation, which and, is uh, a yeah. nebulous term. I mean, it is. Some, it's not really some, a hard and fast on that. Yeah, some say a generation is twenty five years, mm-hmm. but uh, sure, what well, once a generation? Well, I guess sure. that's whenever Shang Tsung feels like it. Pretty much, <laughs> when he's, whenever he gets around to it. Fuck it. You know, oh, we got, is that thing happening again? All right, fine. <laughs> so in chapter 14, we jump over uh, to a, a little boy named Chin Chin. Chin Chin. Which. Uh, are you getting any short round vibes from Chin Chin? Um, I get a lot of short round vibes from Chin okay, Chin. Good. It's not um, just me. <laughs> by the way. Uh, the guy who played Short Round uh, is apparently in um, that new movie. Oh, what's it called? Um, uh, the Everywhere and Everything. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been seeing more of him on social media. I guess that's what that has to do with it. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kei Kwan, uh, who played when he was a kid, uh, he played Short Round and uh, Data in the Goonies uh, yeah. is 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 in this. So, yeah, he, he played neat. the he played the roles that Getty Watanabe didn't want to. Basically, yes, basically, <laughs> it was just the two of them in that. It was time just the period. two of them. Uh, it was just the two of them and and John Hughes casting. Uh, <laughs> John Hughes and Steven Spielberg fighting, fighting over them. <laughs> Pretty much it. Um, but yeah, so we get, we get the new Kung Lao, a fresh Kung Lao. Uh, yes. this is the latest, latest and greatest Kung Lao off, off the assembly line. Yeah. The newest he model. Is, yeah. He's a priest at the, um, the order of light or whatever it's called. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. at the, at the good guy palace, whatever it and, is. And, uh, basically Chin Chin says, Hey, Hey, uh, there's some evil looking dudes coming up and Chin Chin oh. Got a good he he has a good uh vibe checker right now because yes. let me tell you the guy with the glowing robe re, glowing red robot eye uh he is an evil looking dude he uh, is he and is. 
And uh, Kung Lao responds. Uh, Chin Chin says, evil looking strangers are coming up our hill. And Kung Lao says, it isn't our hill, my son. It belongs oh, yeah. to whoever uses it. And looks Good. can be misleading. You're like, no, Kung Lao, you just, you know. Like, the kid God, is just trying to David. fucking communicate, man. Right. Just Right. <laughs> there's a there's a dude with a robot eye coming up the hill. <laughs> we don't we don't need to philosophize on every little just sometimes you can just you can just look at him and go, oh, okay. Like you know, you know, sometimes it's all right just to go, why? Like it doesn't Yeah, yeah sometimes to whoever's walking on it. Good God. Good God. Anyway, Kung Lao goes to visit uh with the villains <laughs> yeah with the, with the totally obviously bad guys the most bad guys who ever bad guide the most bad guys of all time basically the baddest, basically the it's guys. it's it's uh it's kano uh yep. a tall blonde woman uh gilda i mean sonia i mean gilda Vonya um, slade uh, <laughs> and um and then basically a a, a full round out of like the guys from Die Hard, the terrorists, right. yeah, the, the the guys who who uh, John McClane kills in Die Hard. Yeah, <laughs> those Pretty are the much. guys that are backing up Kano. <laughs> yeah, have you ever you ever gone to see Kiss and you got a glimpse of the roadies? That's who these guys are. That's who, That's these who guys we're are. dealing with. Yeah, yeah, clearly villains. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. Kiss, kiss roadies. Kiss roadies are the real villains. Are the fight real the villains. real evil. Fight fight the real power, which is the kiss <laughs> the kiss roadie alliance. Kiss, not kiss. Kiss is fine. Kiss it's is fine. Roadies. And there's actually a magical spell in yes. true kiss fashion. There's a magical spell that the roadies have placed on them. And mm-hmm. um I actually don't I'm know like a, a lot about kiss. So I I, I I'm not really uh, familiar either and I, they, I feel like i'm not missing out on a lot i'm gonna be completely honest with you yeah i never got the impression even from the crazy stage show and the makeup that i was like you know i think i need more kiss in my life <laughs> that is a that is a thought that has never crossed my mind i can promise you that i'm sure they're great i don't give a shit i'm sure they're great uh yeah. i think i don't know don't don't uh yeah or, or not or not or not i don't know yeah, all opinions are valid because we have none. Because we have none. <laughs> so they, they get to talking, and Kano basically says they're they're looking for a village, and Kung Lao is just a magical answering machine. Like anything that he asks about, Kung Lao has the answer. This is the and village. <laughs> yeah, they're looking for a village, and what do you know it? They're at the village, but it's not enough to just say this is that's the village we're at. Uh, he's they're looking on the map and he says we're looking for a place called uh, Chu Jung and Kung Lao tells them that that's the name of the village when it was founded in the year 300 that's just shit that he knows he knows it and uh, he, he gives them a yeah. full rundown of like oh yeah 400 years ago it was called this 700 yeah. years ago it was called this <laughs> like- and, and Kano's about as interested as the reader so <laughs> Which is to say, not at all. Not at all. Uh, it is. It is ridiculous. So, so they they're 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 in the right place. They're in the I right guess. place. And Kano is like, you know what? You guys look cold. Let's uh, let's get you in for some soup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They keep they do emphasize the cold a lot. And uh, and and I 
on more than one occasion, they'll point out that Kung Lao is just wearing like a simple robe. And even Kano points out how cold he is, uh, how cold he looks. And I just want to go, is this, is this, this is the impressive thing we're doing. Like, like he's just, he's a magical mystic priest, warrior, ninja God, because it's, it's 55 degrees out and he's wearing short sleeves. He's wearing short sleeves. Uh, So, um, but before they go inside, Kano shows them the map. And it's like, yes. where w- we need to find this mountain. And the 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 little chin chin shepherd boy, uh, chin chin to the shepherd boy, uh, says the shepherd boy. literally his name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is his name in the book. Um, he says, uh, he says, oh, that's that's Mount uh, Ikafube, right? That's what the name of the mount is. Um, yeah. And yeah, and basically Kung Lao is like, uh, he gives him a look and the boy's like, oh, no, oh, I'm yeah. sick. And then it turns into this whole thing. Anyway, uh, Kano pulls out a gun and he just starts blasting. Uh, no, he does pull out a gun, though, and he holds he it to the he boy's head. And he says this. Um, the, uh, Kung Lao says, you have no concept of what you're doing. And Kano says, Sure, I do, you windbag, which appropriate because Kung Lao has just been running his fucking mouth. He and- really has. <laughs> and by the way, can we cut the kid some goddamn slack, Mr. Lao? Because you're sitting there giving this guy all kinds of information. How is he supposed to know that the one thing you didn't want him to run his mouth on about was a mountain? All we've been talking about is geography. <laughs> <laughs> And the kid goes, yeah, that's the mountain. And Kung Lao goes, you little shit. You shouldn't have told him about the mountain. You told him about everything else. You basically gave him your blood type. <laughs> Why does that fucking matter? And then, and then, so Kato says, we're about to decrease China's population by one sheep boy, unless you start making like Rand McNally, which let me tell what you, line. it's a great line. I don't know how it would actually land. <laughs> It, this is, this is, I'll tell you, Kano has a lot of reference. They make a point of making Kano out to be a dumbass on certain yeah. things, of, you know, but uh, he, he, he basically, at one point, he's talking about Kung Lao and he says, this guy comes on like a big Joel Grey Vilkoman kind of guy. That is a musical theater reference. That is from Cabaret. And I know musical theater people who don't know fucking Joel Grey's name. It's sacrilegious, but it's true. The leader of the Black Dragon Gang is aware of Joel Gray's Tony Award winning performance as the MC in Cabaret. He yeah. just knows. And then he throws out the Rand McNally reference. It's just like, I wanted one of the gang members to be like, look, we know you've been reading a lot, Kano. We're all very impressed. Let's just We're all very it, proud please. of you. Let's, yeah. let's. <laughs> He's basically uh, he's basically the a villain version of Dennis Miller, also known as <laughs> Dennis exactly Miller. Is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or just Dennis Miller, um, the, the the bad guy. Period. <laughs> Jesus. And speaking as someone who apparently comes from a similar distant bloodline as Dennis Miller, uh, I I I agree. Uh, uh, and then he says uh, Kano took the map from Kung Lao one more musical reference before he goes I'll worry about all that jazz 
You worry oh, yeah. about finding some directions and packing us some grub. You got us. You got some tour guiding to do. Uh, really, I'm Team Kano at this point. Um, I'm with him. He, I understand his motivations. <laughs> his um, motivations are clear. Yeah, he wants. He's gonna get the money, buy an island. Yes. <laughs> Who can't get behind that? He wants. You no. Know, his 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 desires in order are a get the money, b buy an island. C, stop listening to fucking Kung Lao. I think we are all on his side at this point. 100%. Yes. Uh, and then it would be Kano would have an island and 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 Yayap and Zazix yes. would be allowed to run free there. And Chin Chin and, and all of the weird little palindromic names. <laughs> all the weird little side characters and 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 just fun villains can can all live on this island. <laughs> all of them. And we'll write the fan fiction that will bring this world to its knees. It is absurd. I love it. Um, chapter 15 starts with a nightmare um, oh, yeah. where it's basically a Terminator 2 style nightmare. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, it's being had by Liu Kang or Liu Kang. However, I don't know how they say it in the in the game. I believe I always heard it as Lou. Lou yeah, Kang. I think I think it's I think that name is pronounced Liu, but uh. I think in the game that he's called Lou. Um, anyway, Liu Kang uh, has been having this nightmare about a city blowing up, and it's yep. constant, and he's been losing sleep about it. And um, he basically it's the gods that are talking to him, and and Liu Kang is a soldier of the Order of Light. Um, yep. and the order that gives us all background about how the order of light, uh, they don't, they don't totally work extrajudiciously, but they kind of do, but they basically do. They basically <laughs> do. Um, and then there's a, there's a little reference to how there was a beggar who taught him martial arts and that's a oh, throwback. Yeah. That's a throwback yeah. to the fact that, that Raiden sometimes takes the form of a beggar to, right. to walk amongst the humans. Um, and uh, yeah, and he knows Kung Lao. He trained under Kung Lao as well. Mm. Um, yep. So all that fun stuff. He's got a couple buddies with them. Don't get used to them. They're they they don't even have any lines. I don't think. <laughs> they, I don't think they do. I don't think they say a single goddamn syllable. But uh, he has a partner. He does have a partner. I didn't yes. understand what the hell the two on the watch meant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but yes i don't a, understand that either he has a partner and it's uh, uh who's and her name is agent u.s operative sonia blade what <gasps> i couldn't have seen this but, coming so we're getting introduced to a new character right kevin because we surely at this point have not yet met sonia blade what here's the thing what she's gilda no, no, but it's Gilda. Her name is Gilda, so it no, can't be Sonya. Sonya Blade is pretending to be a mercenary for hire. Kevin, are you yanking my crank? She is 22 years old, fresh out of college, what? and is what? in deep cover with one of the most do- notorious uh, mercenary operations in the world. Next, you're going to As- tell me she's not an ex-ballerina. Uh, that is actually, I'm not sure she might actually be. A yeah, ballerina. I don't know if that's actually, I may have fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Sonya Blade, you master of disguise. 
You master of disguise, Sonya Blade, disguised as a tall blonde woman. Right. Just, <laughs> just. Which, of course, blends into the landscape of China like you wouldn't believe. Like Almost you as much believe. as a guy with a robot face. <laughs> yeah, a guy with a Actually, ro- <laughs> robot face and a tall blonde woman. I guess that kind of works. Just very, very inconspicuous. You love to see it. So now we're from Sonia's point of view, and she's basically yes. trying to de-escalate the situation um, because, you know, it's she's trying to and she has to be tough, but still like, hey, we don't need to, you know, start killing people. Um, right, right, right. So she's she basic- give herself away. She is basically she's on the verge of breaking her cover to save these people, but is a- able to kind of string everybody along and no gunshots are fired. Um, so Kano, uh, (laughs) I had to highlight this Kano line. If this operation goes smooth, Kano had said to the priest, everyone lives. If not, then the flockmeister buys it toot sweet and some other villager gets to wear the leash. We got a radio here so I can stay in touch with whoever I leave behind. Capish. Capish. Yeah. They they spell both capiche and, and too sweet phonetically. <laughs> I was like, is it written that way? Uh, is it written capiche as in like, is he saying capiche wrong or is that? <laughs> I, 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 I was thinking that too, because too sweet, that's just how you say it. But. You know, it's I don't know. I don't know if that's for Kano, like as a reflection of like, well, Kano probably wouldn't spell these words correctly. Uh, or if it's for the audience, but he would have which, heard them said correctly. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's it is a weird couple of sentences. <laughs> it just it's weird. It, it And it brings us to what you and I were talking about before we even started here, where it's just. It's really unclear who this book is for. I don't know who, what the audience is for this book. I mean, it's about in line with just about every, you know what it is? It's for the very, it's for the audience that really loves Commando. (laughs) Right, right, right. Not, and not necessarily the other Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. I'm talking specifically Commando. Commando. Yeah, Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the audience. It's it, it's, it's not even necessarily for fans of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think it is either. Because I don't. Th- well, you know, you have to admit they're in a weird position with trying to adapt Mortal Kombat because it's 1995. The movie's out. The games are hugely popular among kids, but they're yeah. not allowed to admit that they're hugely popular among kids because mm-hmm. they're getting skinned alive uh, in the news right then yeah. because of the violence and that sort of thing. No one had ever seen anything like it. And so it's this weird middle ground where they're trying to market to kids. They don't want it to be above too high of a reading level, but they have to make it. I don't know. I, it's a weird, weird. Yeah. Uh, Some of the way it's written. Some of the way it's written kind of borders on worlds of power uh, vibes. A little bit. Yeah. Not, a not, bit. not totally, but it, it, 
it feels like it tonally that we're getting like, oh, this sounds like this chapter sounds like it could have come from a world's power book about Mortal Kombat. Especially with how short some of the chapters are. Yeah, later on we get a bunch of like chapters that are just one page long. <laughs> right, right. They Dan Brown the fuck out of this book. They Dan uh, Brown. There's a lot of Dan Browning later. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so so they end up going back to the temple. They're being fed soup. There's some back and forth between Kano and the kid about whether the soup is poisoned. It's ultimately meaningless. Yeah. Maybe this... Maybe the poison that the kid references will come back later. I don't think it will. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't I think, have. I think that was another one that was just for the author. <laughs> yeah, it was just for it's, the author. Uh, yeah. We got and, another musical theater reference from another member of the gang. So they probably sit around. They refer to, they said, it sounds like a Bob Hope movie. One of the ones he made with Bing Crosby and Dorothy Lamore. Who is that for? Who is, who? <laughs> Who in the if it's if it is for yeah who is it for is it it's not I for would, it, it's not for a twenty something at this point I don't think a twenty something no. is is going to be super familiar with the the Bob Hope Bing Crosby ca- catalog <laughs> right and it's not for a thirteen year old for the same reasons yeah like it it's it's a weird ass reference and it's I. It's, I, I feel the like thing. the author is just amusing himself at this point. It's like, okay, this it, is. Let's just make this fun. The for me. <laughs> the the book was not for Phil and I, who would have been. No. Uh, I was I was eleven when this came out. I you would have been, been 13, thirteen. Yeah, yeah. and it's not for our older siblings. And my my no. brother would have been uh, sixteen um, at the, when this book came out. Like, yeah, who who. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I have to wonder. I really do. I would love to get our author on the show because this one very specifically, obviously it's fun to have people to interview. We love doing that. We get to meet these kick-ass authors. Yeah. This one, I really want to drill them about like, all right, what were the terms? What did they tell you about the audience they were aiming for? Because I'm confused. And I think you were too. Like, I'm not going to blame yeah. you for this. But <laughs> this, this is not weird. the Mortal Kombat audience necessarily. No, no. It's, um, it's some odd choices are being made. That's all. So this conversation goes on for pages, by the way. There's just back and forth yes. between. They get, they get, um, they finally find a figure out where the where Mount Ikafube is. It's now called, you know, Mount whatever, whatever, Anguilla or uh, something. Uh, uh, Anguillus. Yes. And uh, there's a Jason the Argonauts reference. Why not? Uh, Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Um, and then Kano lays out the terms. Basically, him uh, and a couple of the others are going to and uh kung lao are gonna go up and they're gonna try to find the thing that he needs to find and he's gonna leave a couple others down here and if if they run into any trouble uh they're gonna radio back and tell the guy that they leave behind to kill the kid and everybody in the town um right right so that's that's basically that's the stakes kano kano sets the stakes for our heroes like i will kill everybody if you fuck fuck around with me, which I appreciate right. a clear 
statement of stakes. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Kano. You know, as much as Kano is fun for like the nastiness and all that stuff, you don't expect him to be this important of a character as important as he becomes later. It's it's an interesting choice, but at least we're following a character that we can get behind on a certain level. So, okay, fine. We're in. We're in. We're in chapter 17. And, 17. Uh, 17. And we got the- Shang Tsung and our good friend Ruth A, who uh, it's been oh, like thousands of years or hundreds of years or whatever. And Ruth A is still stuck in that one spot. Yeah. So Ruth has got to be complete because they were talking about like in a short amount of time, just being stuck between worlds that Ruth was getting completely unhinged. He must just be a tortured, horrible being at this point. Yeah. Um, so basically, Ruth is pretty sure that uh, Raiden is uh, is going to start interfering soon uh, because they're they're basically Shang Tsung wants the amulet. He is so yes. old and decrepit at this point that he needs the amulet that uh, the OG Kung Lao buried in order to actually be able to, you know, do shit. <laughs> and, right. And Ruth A right. is like, well, you know, uh, you can't, he's he's going to intervene, but he can't actually touch the amulet because of the rules we established in part one, where God yep. cannot touch still, something. Still one of the more interesting uh, things in this book. Yeah. And an uh, basically... So this is the thing. A couple chapters earlier, we were told Sub-Zero, don't bother finding him. Goro can't find him, so we're hiring Kano. Kano's good people. He's the second best guy on the list. Sub-Zero would have been number one. Can't find him. We're going with musical referencing Robot Eye Kano instead because... (laughs) That's just way better. Goro... Goro. Goro is good. All forearms are like waving. He's like, Shang Tsung, I'm telling you, booby. Can't find him. (laughs) Can't can't find him. Ruth A, the demon that he keeps in his in in his bedroom, there's an anchor between the outworld and and the earth realm, is like, oh yeah, Sub-Zero is like in this cave. Yeah. He was in a cave the whole time. <laughs> it's like it's like we established three chapters earlier that Sub Zero was unfindable, Un- just like a man of mystery, <laughs> Carmen of- San Diego in a different colored outfit. Can't find him. Three chapters later, Shang Tsung just asks the demon that he keeps in his room. Um, oh yeah, he's over there. Yeah, this is what happens <laughs> when you don't listen to your help. Just imagine Ruth A just like sitting there going, I wish you would have said something. Why didn't you earlier? ask me earlier? You wouldn't even had to have hired just, Kano. Like Right. I've just been hanging out. Like you know, I've some, literally been doing nothing but I've playing been video doing games. Nothing but <laughs> just keeping this portal open. You could have just asked me. Uh, I'm any, so bored. I would have loved to have chatted I about anything. Loved, I would have had uh, anything. Yeah. I'll tell you where Sub Zero is. He's over there. Sure. You know, guess what? He's he doesn't there. even he doesn't even want to get paid. That's, he isn't he, even outside of the country. He's, he's, he's here. He's here. He is within a, a couple hours of this location, <laughs> as we'll find <Yeah>. out. <laughs> as we'll find out. Yes. 
Which, okay. And I, I feel like Shang Tsung's got to be just like, oh, God damn it. Like, you know that feeling? Goro when, must not have tried know, very hard. Right, right. You know that feeling when you when you are on the phone with someone and you start looking for your phone and you panic because you can't find your phone while you're talking to someone on the phone with them? I feel like that times 100 is yeah. what Shang Tsung's dealing with here. Yeah, um, that that's basically Shang Tsung's life at the moment. Ruthay gives him the whole rundown of, okay, why is Sub-Zero hiding? We never really got into that. Actually, we did. Goro said Sub-Zero's hiding because he killed somebody. Um, yeah, he Ruthay, killed someone. He ruined a, a sacred, like, what was it, a sacred place? Yeah, he, uh, he dumped the body in a sacred river. And yeah. apparently the, the, the god demon, the demigod of you who is the demigod yes. of rivers and canals or something like that is like fucking pissed about that. Yeah. Yeah. He's cursed. <laughs> he is. Which, he is. Yeah. He is not too fan, uh, not too fond of sub zero right now. Um, Which so, is frustrating, but you got to figure it like, it's like, God damn it. Do I have to check with every local demigorgon before I, I <laughs> drop a body in a trash can? <laughs> I'm on Sub-Zero's side for that one. When I tell you to drop the body in the mash, mash. you drop the body in the mash. mash. (laughs) Not where John Hancock goes every Thursday to get a fucking (laughs) blowjob. This is... It's just unfair. This is not reality TV. (laughs) Don't laugh. Don't laugh. <laughs> oh. We'll have to gonna eventually my... we're going to do a super cut of of the we, departed reference. We just have to. We're going to have to, you know, one day when we open a Patreon and we want to we want some sort of reward, we're just going to have to talk our way through all of Departed and that'll be that'll Yeah, be we'll do a, it'll be a riff tracks of Departed basically. Exactly. <laughs> It'll just be us quoting the movie back at the movie. We'll go, go the same way if we do Predator, which I think we should. We should. Yes, we should. <laughs> so, all right. So, cranberry you find juice. Out that- what are you on your, what are you on your period? <laughs> anyway. Anyhow. Anyhow. Shang Tsung finds out that not only is Sub-Zero nearby, but he's also a bargain because he happens to be cursed. And uh, all he wants in return are are, are robes. So are are, uh, scrolls, rather. And um, so Shang Tsung writes a little note on a piece of paper, uh, gives it to his bird, Hamachi. um, And a a little white white dove. Or they, they call it a white pigeon, don't they? Yeah, yeah, something like that. And then he sends it off, and he's like, yeah, Hamachi will, will take care of that. And he promises the bird. He says, come back safely and soon, and I will offer up a human sacrifice to you. That's like the most satanic pigeon I've ever heard from, and I lived in Manhattan. Like, that's <laughs> ridiculous. But he offered guess- a whole human sacrifice to this pigeon. You know, Shang Tsung, though, is a bird guy. He fucking he's a bird dude yeah he loves his birds and that seems to be i don't know if we're ever going to capitalize on the fact that he is he is a avid bird lover um 
That just birder. seems to be a yeah. fun character. He's a birder. He's a birder. Uh, <laughs> he's avid for the aviary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, chapter 18. <laughs> 18, 18, 18. Hey, move uh, on. <laughs> uh, we, we get, we get, uh, basically, this whole chapter is told, most of the chapter is told without revealing who the person is in the cave, even though we know that it's Sub-Zero. Right. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, why are you? Who are they? Why, who's, why who's are you trying to butter up here? Why is this being re- withheld from us? We know Sub-Zero is in a cave and that yeah, the bird is coming to him. We know that he that he is. His payment is scrolls. Magic scrolls. We know, because yeah, he's just we know looking for he knowledge. So many shipna. Yeah, like we've got all that information and they still go, who's it going to be? You don't know. You don't, don't know, know for sure. So he killed a dude named Yong Park, uh, who he he calls a traitor. Uh, basically, Yong Park was a former ninja named Scorpion who left the ninja, mm. the ninja ing ways to just become a toll booth collector. Yeah, you do. You Which, do what you do. <laughs> Where's that prequel game? <laughs> like Scorpion's a Papers, Please style video game? Yes. Scorpion's Tollbooth? That actually sounds like a really warped kid show. Scorpion's Tollbooth. Get over here. Yeah. <laughs> get over here to Scorpion's Tollbooth. Uh, so we get a we get a nice little arm up moment. Um where where Sub-Zero puts on all of his gear, his his blue armor. And yes, um, and despite his, I highlighted something. Despite his many accoutrements, the ninja was able to move with ease and secrecy, slipping back toward the mouth of the cave. The feared and enigmatic Sub Zero crept out and made his way quickly down the face of the cliff to the beach below. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's just a whole back back. It's like a little bit kind of a lore dump on Sub-Zero. It feels more yeah. like uh, kind of a double beat, actually, because we heard a lot of this already from other yeah. people, and now we're hearing it from Sub-Zero's point of view. Um, but we really did not need to rash him on this bit of information <laughs> over and over no, again. No, I um, don't think we did. <laughs> I don't think we did, but guess what? It's not the last time we're going to hear it. <laughs> no. No, it's not. Because we and, and and it's it's also weird because the first part was a third of the book. It was not a very long section, um, but we only got introduced to like three characters. Yeah. Uh, in in the whole thing, and so it actually was a pretty paced, pretty well paced section of the book, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, but now we're getting a new character every other chapter, and then we're repeating shit. That was already said in previous chapters. Like, there's, we don't have time. Like, we're running out of book. We're we've halfway got, through the book. We've got Kano. We've got Sonya Blade. We've got the, <laughs> we've got Liu Kang. We've got, uh, we've got the new Kung Lao. Who, it, oh yeah, like, just because his name is Kung Lao doesn't mean he's the same Kung Lao. You gotta he establish no, him as I a just, completely. He's a different person. Yeah. <laughs> I've stopped. I've stopped wondering where his goddamn hat is, by the way, because maybe it's not. Maybe it's not hat Kung Lao. Maybe he was a weird part of the generation. I don't know yet because they keep pulling the rug out. Where is Kung Lao and his goddamn razor blade hat? I want his hat. We all want that hat. 
That's literally all anyone knows about Kung Lao is the hat. We get a big chapter, chapter 19, nice and beefy. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a solid uh, steak of a chapter um, yep. where Young Park is the point of view character. The the man yes. who would be who was once Scorpion and will be again is basically having a conversation with you. Uh, the demigod of of rivers and wetlands and marshes. Uh, <laughs> the Fens in Boston are particularly uh, one of his. <laughs> one of his. Which, which, by the way, you know, you know, Scorpion with his with his get over here ability and his flame abilities and everything like that. You know, you you would expect to get those kinds of powers from a god of rivers you would expect it sure fine whatever (laughs) so we get a recap of scorpion's death and it's gruesome he gets basically he got sliced up a lot he got disemboweled he got everything uh sub-zero really fucked him up really fucked him up it was personal then then he dumped the body in the water um and it wasn't that's when it crossed the line for you and be like whoa hey now That's my it's like I can I can I can get behind like mutilating him like a cow under a UFO. But uh, no way. <laughs> no way. Are you, are you letting d- a single drop of blood in my river? So guess what? You is like, we need to get revenge on this motherfucker. And Yang is like, do we have to? And you is yeah. like, yeah, he's yeah. not particularly interested. <laughs> he's not particularly interested because you yeah. was like, he's like, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take you. I'm going to I'm going to tell you to go to your son and go in his mm-hmm. body. And oh, yeah, there you go. It's like a ghostwriter situation. It's isn't basically that what fun? it is. Isn't that fun? You read the comic, ah. the Marvel comic ghostwriter. We're going to ghostwriter yeah. you. You're going to yeah, go in you're there and ghostwriter your son. You're going to you're going to have a skull and everything. And you're, uh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. He's going to love it. Everybody's going to love it. Scorpions over here going, I, I would really just, I've had a really long life. I'm kind of ready just to go to heaven or something. I'd rather like, not. Nah. 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 We got to kill nah. this guy who polluted my river with a filthy, filthy corpse. With a filthy corpse. And you'd be like, but it was my body. You'd be like, yeah. It's like, we're talking about me. Yeah, it was disgusting. Disgusting. Blood, entrails everywhere. Fucking gross. Yeah. Um, My people are. It's, it took them twenty minutes to clean all of it up. It was bullshit. So after being getting his arm twisted, uh, Scorpion uh, doth protest too much, but then he yeah. he eventually says yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, fine. Let's go find my theater major of a son my theater major of a son. Then I'll possess his body. I guess that's not weird. Um. So now we get a, a series of just weird ass chapters as if the previous ones yep. weren't weird. Yeah. By the way, we haven't gotten to the weird part yet. We haven't even gotten so to the weirdness know. yet. Uh, uh, Kano and Kung Lao and the group are walking up the mountain. Kano has a great line about the order of light. Uh, he says, you're a priest of what now? The order of light was that like religion light doesn't fill you up. Thanks, was that Kano. a beer reference? Do you take that? As, as yes, like it's a beer reference. Light? Yeah. Okay, good. I like wanted light, to make sure I wasn't crazy. It's a light beer reference. I'm pretty less sure. Less filling. It's less filling. Um, yep. So th- there's more 
like there's more back and forth between Kano and Kung Lao and all that stuff. It's 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 not super interesting, basically, until uh, <laughs> until until Raiden shows up. <laughs> yeah. Raiden shows up and goes, shut up. Stop talking. Raiden I'm is dying just, over here. Raiden is just so done. Um, Raiden's like, yeah, just just knock it off. And they're all yeah. like, what's going on? And then before anything really gets going, Shang Tsung and Goro show up through a, 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 a portal, which they can do as you do. Which, which yeah, they just show up. They're like, they hey, show we're up. Here. We're here. And now it's a whole, it's a thing. It becomes a. It, it is officially a thing. It is officially a thing. But we're, meanwhile, meanwhile. Meanwhile. <laughs> We haven't had one of those in a minute. We haven't had one of those in a minute. This book does not lead it lead itself to meanwhiles necessarily. No, I this guess a, it doesn't. This yeah. is a true meanwhile because this is just somewhere completely fucking else. Um, right. This uh, Yong Park goes to his son, uh, Soy Park, and is like, hey, uh, son, can I possess your body? And right. his son is like, what? No, this is the grief. And that is the most, that is the probably the most... Uh, accurate response in this book so far. The realest bit of dialogue, because he's mourning his father, a spirit shows up and asks him that time-honored, treasured question that every son waits for his father to ask, may I possess your body so that we may enact bloody revenge upon my assassin? Uh, and uh, and the kid says, but I was going to Tashi Station to pick up some power some converters. converters. And- <laughs> And he goes, we really going to do this? And he's like, oh, dad, yeah, fine. And he talks about it. It doesn't take long. He talks him into it. And his son are- is totally gung ho by the end of his this little chat. He's yeah. like, at the end of this, he goes from ah, da, 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 and to, uh, that's where he starts. And by the end, he's I am ready, father, ready to let those right. who wronged you feel my wrath. The wrath of Scorpion. Scorpion. Okay. Get over here. Uh, the and then well-known he leaves it, river monster scorpions. He leaves a uh, he leaves a note, um, uh, telling his mommy not to worry. Which what a what a detail, by the way. What a detail. <laughs> Don't worry, they mommy. Just, they could have just possessed it feels by daddy. Like they really, uh, they kind of cut their themselves off at the knees there, where it was just like it ends with ready to let those who wronged you feel my wrath, the wrath of scorpion. That should be a a, a fucking cut. Like yeah. jump cut to and instead after writing a note telling his mother not to worry about him, he left by window. <laughs> he packed himself a lunch, a PB and J. And he left by window. Cross cut off. Cross cut off. Because he's not a savage. <laughs> there was a huge argument over whether it should be horizontal or diagonally cut. And uh and then and then and then they were on their way. And uh yeah. Yeah, and then they, and when, by the time they got halfway out the door, they realized they'd left the the bag lunch behind, and, and they had a good laugh. They had a good laugh together as father <laughs> and son sharing one ghost ridered body. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter twenty two. Chapter yeah. twenty two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, God, like what the fuck? Um, Raiden and Goro have a little tet a tet, and then they start beating the shit out of each other. Yes, they do. Uh, they they just 
no and one's happy here. There's no one. No one's happy. There's there's a lot of back and forth, but it really doesn't matter. It's just it's it could just be like uh, Shao. They're trying to talk Shang Tsung into like not supporting Shao Kahn anymore. Right. Which right. is an interesting they, angle. Um, it is, that's not one you, you would have expected in yeah. Mortal Kombat. And he actually even admits he's like, hey, I know what you're saying. You're, I, you're thinking, trust me, I'm just I know. Be a grunt. I yeah, know. I've already I know. thought of that. I've already thought of that. I'm I'm cool. I know what's going on. Rain's like, you sure? And and uh, and Shang Tsung is like, yeah, you know, um, uh, Shao Kahn is like, you know, he's a he's a douche, but eh, he's a douche. <laughs> I know. But he's and, my douche. Yeah. But he's my yeah. douche. And and Raiden's like, all right. And then Goro punches him. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> And they just kind of get into a, they get into a fight, and then he 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 does a he does a, a, a move. He does like a, a lightning missile attack into Goro's chest, and um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of back and forth here. There's a lot of there's a lot of talking, a little bit of fighting, and yeah, there. <laughs> apparently, Raiden's electricity power basically helps Shang Tsung uh, uh, complete a spell uh, that he has been working on. He's basically hoisting himself by his own petard. uh, And we are left at the end of the chapter wondering what sort of strange, horrible thing that Shang Tsung was planning. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and it actually is a cliffhanger for once. It is of saying what it is, what it is 14 times. Uh, Chapter 23. And we get introduced to something that I don't know what this is, but Shang Tsung has merged Kung Lao and Kano together into a smoke monster. Yes. That he calls Kano Lao. Right. You you remember that point uh, in uh, Alien versus Predator? where the chestburster comes out of the predator and it morphs into a pred alien and it's got the, the crazy crab face, but also the double jaws. That's what we're dealing with. The best and the worst brought together, just like bubble gum and peanuts. <laughs> just a mess. You got, you got bubble gum in my peanuts. Why yeah, would you, you peanuts in my bubble gum? Why did you spit out your chewed bubble gum on my peanuts? <laughs> Question is, why are your peanuts in the way of my chewed up bubblegum, motherfucker? So anyway, uh, yeah, uh, yeah it's there's <laughs> it's, we get it's a mess. Yeah, basically, there's a you get we get there's the mind we, of we Kano. Do get, we do get detail here where it's like the whole thing is that if he does, he does that because if Raiden, well, here it is. He says, he says, if you try and interfere with them, Raiden, I will allow the smoke to dissipate, and when it does. Kano's soul will go straight to the outworld, dragging Kung Lao's with it. Do you know what that means? It means that Shao Kahn will have enough souls to cross over. Which, mm. okay, all right, all right. Fair so enough. basically, uh, this is this is uh, Shang Tsung is basically just using this as his gambit to get the amulet because yes, he doesn't he doesn't want let he doesn't want to let. Um, what's his name Shao Kahn through unless he's at his peak, which he needs the amulet right. to, to do so. So, yeah. but he, he will, he will dead man's trigger that the smoke monster and off, off you pop. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, there is like, don't interfere. I I promise I won't leave. Basically, Raiden says, I'll stay right here. <laughs> right. And Raiden does a lot of, you know, it's similar to like with them saying to Shang Tsung's like, hey, let's try and reason with you. Uh, yeah. It's kind of strange because just like that, Raiden just, they just kind of trust him. And Raiden says, if I do not leave here, do you give me your promise that no harm will come to the monks or priests? No harm will befall them, said Shang Tsung, nor will I or any of my agents move against your temples or your books and your scrolls. And Raiden's just like, all right, well, that's a face you can trust. Yeah, that's a, a wizened old man that you can trust clearly. Right. Uh, the most uh, terrifying moment is when uh, he wants to talk to Kung Lao and Kano's, of a face you can trust. and Kano's <laughs> mouth just like opens all the way up and Kung Lao's head sticks out like the alien that, tiny head. <laughs> that is some serious fucking body horror out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> any, any other book, TV show, movie, if you've got like a mixing of the souls, you would have just had like, them say, you know, Kano spoke, but it was with Kung Lao's voice. It was super spooky and weird. Goo. They literally have Kano's jaw dislocate and Kung Lao's head pop out and go, what is it, boss? It's fucking insane. Why? Why? It is. And then uh, Sonya Blade basically uh, chooses this opportunity to try to kill somebody. And uh, Shang Tsung... <laughs> picks up on it and is like, well, okay, well, somebody needs to be taught a lesson. Go kill the kid. Like, call back, go kill the kid in the temple. And right. uh, uh, meanwhile, we get... Meanwhile! <laughs> Liu Kang is... is uh, We get some backstory for Liu Kang and his brother. I don't care. Um, Liu Kang like remains this, the most boring character so in any... So boring. Whether you're watching the movies or playing the games or I never I don't I never watched the cartoon show that they used to do. But Luke Kang was always the most he was always the main character for some reason, but he was always the most boring. Yeah, and I just don't care. I, I don't, don't care. I don't care. He's talking about his brother in some game they played. Um, Liu Kang basically is approaching the temple. I don't know where Liu Kang was coming from. In the no. other chapter, that he's suddenly there, but he is right. Uh, yeah, and he's I, in the village. He's in the village, and he's approaching the temple, and he's hearing the the other end of the radio call to execute the kid, and right. he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something about this," and uh, then the building blows up. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I better do something, and then everything explodes. <laughs> Okay. Um, Fine. And on the other side um, of basically the call goes dead. They, uh, chapter 25, we're back and the call is dead and be like, huh, well, that's weird. Something uh, something weird happened. And basically Raiden is standing there like uh, Just twiddling I, his thumbs. I said I'd never leave. I didn't say I wouldn't send a lightning bolt down. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, can, you got me. Uh, uh, and I a stinker? Yeah. Uh yeah, he basically he he does the Bugs Bunny uh defense there. Right. <laughs> right. The classic Bugs Bunny defense. Um and then basically we get a two word set uh, we we're in chapter 26 now. This cha it's like 
the chapters are coming fast and furious at this point. It's a two paragraph chapter. Uh, it's it's basically the the lightning bolt strike from the point of view of the kid in the room. Uh, yeah. And Chin Chin basically gets it just says Chin Chin gets out. Um, Kevin, you're not going to believe this. I what? actually counted it. This is a four sentence chapter. <laughs> the last paragraph just looks like a paragraph because it takes up six lines. It's but it's a single sentence. That is a single sentence. That is a single With, sentence. OK, got, so, yeah, it's got commas. It's got end dashes. It's got a lot yep. going on to it's, really it's string got it together. Everything. It's got it all, baby. Uh, chapter 27. So the, Chin Chin is live. Um, Thank God but, I was worried about Chin Chin. And Liu Kang is like, oh, what the fuck? Uh, and then he gets hit with a pole. And wouldn't you know right. it? Wouldn't you know it? Sub-Zero is here. Yeah, it's it's the it's the it's a very important pole because we got the whole a few chapters ago. We got this whole gearing up scene that you mentioned before and yeah. they go into great detail on all the cool shit that his uniform and his weapons can do and as far as i can tell we, we basically use none of that except for the pole he's got a pole he's got a pole he's and got a, he does stick him and Liu kang they go at it um yes. but, but sub-zero is like Liu Kang doesn't isn't really a match for Sub-Zero because Sub-Zero <laughs> is even though Sub-Zero is just a man, he's a man with a shit ton of ice magic. <laughs> right. Right. And Liu Kang makes a point of saying because he, he he literally has one throwing star like he reaches into his belt for his throwing star singular and it's missing. And I'm like, what are they fucking you on a budget? Why do you only have one throwing star? Where, where did the other ones go? Um, <laughs> I think Kevin, I think he only had one throwing star. I think he thought that was going to be enough. The one throwing star. The one throwing star. He throws it. He goes and he gets it and he uses it again. He goes again. Yeah, he gets it back. Sure. Sure. He's, I, I don't he's a big he's, fan of Captain Planet. You know, this is about the, the right, right era. You know, he's your, he's your grandpa who lived through the depression being like, Hey, that's still a good throwing star. We can a, still use that. We can still use that. You put those leather yeah, shoes no. into a into a pot of boiling water and you get yourself some soup. You got a soup. <laughs> you got yourself some leather stew soup. Mm. That's Liu Kang. I, I, I ate a lot of this in the 80s. <laughs> uh, just for fun. Um, uh, and, and they're fighting. And, and at one point, by the way, Sub-Zero fires an ice bolt at Liu Kang. And Liu, Liu Kang counters with a fireball, which, yeah. Sure, that's sure. the thing that Liu Kang Liu can Kang, do. Uh, now that he's been struck by lightning, he's like, oh, I got fireballs now. Right, yeah, that's, yeah, sure, that's, what, that's the it. gravitas that it is treated with in the book. He's Right. He just kind of rolls with it. <laughs> he just goes, oh, sick, all right, I can do this now. <laughs> um, but my favorite line of this entire chapter was, even a ninja was not immune to bullets. Right. He, he bemoans the fact that he doesn't have any weapons and like, oh, man, wish wish I had a gun. Wish I had a gun. Like, like this this guy who's like the, the 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 holy order of the light or whatever. And he's like, oh, man, where's my where's just, a boomstick when just, you need just one? Imagine. Mortal Kombat round one fight. And then Liu like, Kang like, pulls out a gun and shoots Sub-Zero. Liu Kang wins. 
It's right. And everyone goes, oh, Jesus Christ, he fucking shot him. He fucking shot him. Oh, my God. Luke and fatality. Just, right. just cuts to Shang Tsung going, all right, let's be cool. Let's, let's be, be cool. <laughs> Jesus. Who's going to shoot him? Who's got a gun? Who brings a gun to Mortal Kombat? <laughs> Who did that? I can't believe it took this long, actually, now that I think of it. There is a gun guy in Mortal Kombat, isn't there? Uh, Striker. Here's the... Uh, Striker. Yeah, yeah, Striker. Striker uses a gun. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a, <laughs> He's got several, I believe. So, yeah. He he must... He, he must just... Everyone must just must feel fucking stupid when he's they're like, around. I brought like, guns. Oh, a gun. Duh. I brought a knife. Why did I bring a knife? I'm an idiot. Um, so... <laughs> Um, so now uh, Sub-Zero fucking takes a powder and gets out of there. Yeah. Uh, or uh, Liu Kang and Chin uh, Chin run off from him. Yeah, yeah. Liu Kang basically dives into the library and uh, and Sub-Zero just kind of vanishes. Um, and uh, and Chin Chin and Liu Kang are like, hey, how you We're doing? Alive. We're alive. Raiden must have saved us. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Raiden. And then, uh, basically, Liu Kang knows it. Okay, well, Sub-Zero's out there somewhere, and it's nighttime, and it would be best if I didn't try to pursue him out into the darkness where right. he can hide. Um, and he also puts it together that, oh, oh, man, my friends who had no speaking lines, uh, my good <laughs> are buddies, dead. are dead. Um, are dead. Are they yeah. dead? Because, uh, because... It's a wrap on... Um... <sighs> Uh, Bad names. Ozi, what's a what's a majigger and um, Don Cheadle? Weirdly enough, uh, Don no, Cheadle. Uh, it's it's oh yeah, it's Guy Lie, which uh, <laughs> and and Wilson Tong. Those are our those. They're dead. They're dead. You remember all the investment you had in in, in Wilson Tong? Yeah. Yeah, he was my favorite. Wilson Tong. I was hoping I, they were going to work him into one of the games. Yeah, so that's that's. I mean, we thought that there would be another part break at this point, but there isn't. So <laughs> we're we're just going to leave it at at that point. Sub Zero disappears into the nights. Liu Kang is yep. he's a sad boy. Um, he's sad. His friends are dead. Maybe in the in the next, you know, the last section of this book that we get to, uh, they'll actually have a Mortal Kombat tournament. Maybe, maybe if you get a little, you get a little Mortal Kombat in your Mortal Kombat. Can we have Mortal Kombat in our Mortal Kombat book? I don't, I don't think that's too much to ask. No, we've it's actually not. had more gun battles uh, than. Uh, <laughs> it's we're at page fucking... one hundred ninety-eight of this yeah. of this EPUB that we're reading it from, and uh, yeah, it's uh, twenty-seven chapters in, one hundred ninety-eight pages in, and there was a mortal. There was. We fast forward. There's an through, old Mortal Kombat. There's an old Mortal Kombat tournament where yeah. we basically got none of the fights and no. and uh, the the original um, uh, Kung Lao uh, getting killed by Goro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I guess you know they've got so many characters they want to include. Uh, you know, because like, who's your favorite Mortal Kombat character? Well, he better not. He better be in the goddamn book. Or I'm gonna raise hell. Uh, I guess is their thinking. Uh, it's hilarious I, I, that I, there's that there's no reference of Johnny Cage. Um, none. 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 They they didn't have a problem leaving him out. 
Yeah. Unless the TV star that Kano killed was Johnny Cage, in which case A plus five stars, A plus video game novelization. Whatever, if, right? if it was Johnny Cage, that that would be good. Um, that would be and just the, great. Especially with the idea that he's wearing a hairpiece. I'm <laughs> loving every moment of it. Um, okay. So the original game, um, let's see. I'm, I'm looking up there's seven characters, right? So in, in the first game, there's Johnny Cage, Kano, yeah. Liu Kang, uh, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang Tsung, and Reptile. Uh, the only okay, ones yeah. that we have not seen are Johnny Cage and Reptile. Um, and I think the demon might be meant to be Reptile. I Maybe. I, that might just because it begins, is what's his name, Rathay or whatever it is? It, yeah. It, it begins with an R and he's like a squirrely kind of demon guy maybe i don't know I don't yeah know. maybe not and then in, in but, mortal kombat 2 which we're also pulling from is right. um is baraka uh obama uh jade right. jacks kintaro uh kitana kung lao melina noob saibot uh shao Kahn, and smoke yeah yeah like Which i thought when he was doing the smoke thing i was like are we getting smoke right now like i literally yeah, thought yeah. That, that it was like is he summoning smoke we get two different chapters that the cliffhanger ending is that shang sung is like producing smoke that's turning into a spell and no no that's not happening no. uh it's it's funny because if they're willing to cut out johnny cage who's was kind of an important part of the original game. Uh, why not cut a couple more people out and just make a more, you know, a, a story that hangs together a little easier? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That would make more sense. Also, so 1995 is when Mortal Kombat 3 is released. Okay. Okay. So it's three. So, yeah. So, like, they're even. So it feels like it feels like if they wanted they have you have even more characters that you could have oh God, yeah. pulled from, which include uh Jax, uh no Jax was in two, uh Cyrax, yeah. Cable, Nightwolf, Sector, Sindel, Shiva, and uh Striker. Yeah. So that was that was my last that was yeah, and that was the last one that I Oh yeah, and then you got Ermac, Chameleon, Motaro, yeah. Rain, basically all of the palette swaps of Scorpion and Sub Zero. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They went real slap happy with that palette they went swap. Really, I mean, it, real hard on the palette swaps for Scorpion. And it's Sub-Zero. a pretty kick-ass character model, but Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> oh God. It's like smoke, reptile, uh, Cyrax. Um Cyrax, so yeah. many of them are Rain. just just like slight slightly different looking versions of that same same model. I think in recent years right. they've distinguished them more. Yes, um, yes. Back, Especially people like Reptile and shit like that. They gave them their a, whole other thing. A little bit more stuff. Um, so weird. <laughs> so weird. So, yeah, that's part two of of Mortal Kombat. Um, this is a weird-ass book. and It as, is a weird book. As you said, I don't know who this is for. I don't. I don't know who this is for. I don't know. I don't know how much young adults would have enjoyed it. I don't know how much kids would have gotten out of it Um, because, you know, here's the thing. I remember being a kid and one of the things that I 
I wasn't allowed to see certain movies, you know, like a lot of kids were uh, at that age. Um, and uh, even if it was a PG-13 movie, you know, and uh, I wasn't allowed to see Batman Returns, for example. I wanted to see it real bad, uh, but I couldn't see it. But I was allowed to read all the comic books I wanted. Sure. And in the early mid 90s, that's when they were going bug fuck crazy. Uh, and uh, they had lots of comic books that were basically the sequential art novelization of these movies. Right. So I got to find out what happened in Batman Forever. I got to find out what happened in Aliens. Right. I got to find out all this shit because I could read the comic books. And uh, and, and I, I got to tell you, if I wanted a Mortal Kombat version of that, this would not have satisfied me. There would have been there just not enough severed heads. Not enough. Not enough. Oh, so. Um, yeah, that'll do it for tonight's episode. <laughs> um, we. Uh, yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Pixlet Pod. Um, uh, depending on whether Elon Musk has burned Twitter to the ground between now and when this episode comes out. Um, follow us on Instagram at Pixlet Pod. Go to our website, uh, pixletpod.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, just just our check own little slice of digital real estate. Our own little slice of digital real estate. Also, we have a Discord. If you want to just come in and say hi, um go to our discord it's it, the link is available on pixelitpod.com and also the link is in the description uh for the for the show notes so uh yeah if you want to get in there and chat with some some other fans of the show go ahead it's it's a it's a fun little place and we want to we want to get more friendly fan types in there so um yeah that'll do it for tonight's episode thank you so much for listening have a good night everybody Bye.